How we doing traders and investors? Good morning and welcome to the number one morning show to get your trading morning started pre-market prep. I'm excited to dive into today's show. We'll talk about the overnight action, what's going on in wheat. We'll take a look, of course, at all the earnings coming up this week. Big talk is going to be, of course, the FOMC meeting, GDP report, Phillips reporting earnings, Newmont. We'll get into those. Amazon getting some cover love. We'll talk about that. And maybe we'll touch a little bit on what happened in Uber. And we got a special guest for you, like always, Sean Udall joining us today. So give us a thumbs on up. Hit the subscribe button below and let's get pre-market prep started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. Let's go ahead and bring on Dennis Dick and welcome back, Joel Conan. What's going on? How are we doing, guys? Uh, doing excellent here on this uh, Monday morning. Uh, futures, uh, we're trading up. We'll talk about them in more detail in a minute, but they're up 18 and a quarter, 39.83 and a quarter. Uh, crude, well, it's finding a home under 100 bucks here, uh, down a, up a buck 29 at 96 even. Uh, gold in the red. By 390 at 1723.60. Silver, wow, hanging out in the 18 handle, down 11.7 cents at 1850. Bitcoin, little bit of rally, giving some back, down 670 at 21,945. And Ethereum futures, they're they're up a couple bucks, eight dollars and fifty cents at 1537.50. So triple D. So you you let the market sneak up to 4K on me when I was gone. Yeah, and then we stopped it. The market just flat out. I mean. This market, and we should before we get into the market talk. How was your trip, Joel? It feels like forever since you've been uh, gone here. We missed you, obviously. The chat missed you as well. How was your trip? What'd you do? Well, uh, yeah. First of all, um, I had my bots on the chat, and um, I, 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 the reports I got weren't all favorable. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to keep. Some I'm people keep... didn't miss you. I uh, no, no. There was uh, there, there's a couple people. You know who you are. I, I got my eye on you. Okay, I got huh. one eye on you. Huh. Uh, it was fantastic. I, I, you know, I rave about the state of Michigan, Northern Michigan. I mean, swimming, hiking, biking, golfed uh, four times with my nephew. Nice. Uh, just great weather. Uh, I send you that picture of the water, the waves crashing over my head. The water is about 68, 69 degrees, but in that hot sun. So very fortunate, great vacation. You got to go to Northern Michigan, Harbor Springs, Petoskey, absolutely unbelievable trip. So uh, and with my girls and with my wife, with my nice. family, with my nephew, what more can you ask for? What it's all with about, your man. Family, man. Great weather. Uh, a few family squabbles, but, you know, you put four uh, adults in, uh, you know, a wow. condo together for a week. But they all kind of ganged up on me at times. But, you know, I, I fought my way back. But I'm glad to be back. I did Releasing not log into my trade station once. 
on my computer. I did log in on my phone and um, I did see, you know, what was going on. They hit the market on what day was it? Someone said something about Apple. Was that Monday or Tuesday? Bloomberg, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. Uh, they came out and said Apple was slower in hiring, I believe, if I'm remembering right. Mitch, is that what they said? I think yeah, that was, a, yeah, that was the reported uh, from Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Yeah, it was uh, an article yeah. that came out. And they hit the market. It came right back. Um, and, you know, the 4,000, Dennis, you mentioned, you know, one number, one number only. That's just such a huge level. Yes. Uh, the high close <laughs> of the rebound. Uh, that was, I believe, on um, on Thursday, 4001.25. I got a quarterly number there, right? And, uh, you know, back in the old days when the Spoos had these kind of rallies and they came off a low, they would just pause at these whole numbers and just blast right through them, right? In 21 and 20 after we came out off the low. But, uh, boy, it's a, it's a big week for the market. Earnings, you know, the Fed. GDP. This is, man, we could, if we, if, and that's a capital, if we could clear this 4K and make it a bid there, then holy macro. And then, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, that's a big if, though. Big, big earnings if. coming out this week. It's a huge if. And I am scared and I'm nervous about this earnings season here. And I think if you have been sitting on profits from the last week and a half, and it's been a nice rally for the last week and a half, which we've called right on this show. I think you're booking those short-term profits. You know, long-term is a different story, but short-term, I think there's so much fundamental news coming that trumps all. I mean, we're setting up like a storybook. We come back, we kiss the 4,000, you know, which is something, you know, that we had talked about on the show and Mitch had talked about on the show earlier last week. So we got right to our target and now you come in and it's just going to be the the biggest earnings week of the of the season you got google and microsoft on tuesday you got meta on wednesday apple amazon on thursday <laughs> you've got you know you've got i think it's almost 40 percent of the s&p reporting this week so you know we're not even talking about like the texas instruments and the intels and the fords and you know and the exxon mobile and chevron on friday i mean there's so many big companies reporting that that is going to be the dictator for the next move. So if you're making a bet on technicals here, technicals take a backseat when you have this much fundamental information coming out. Obviously, the Fed's coming in too into this week. So, so much information. I'm playing it more from a market neutral standpoint going into this. I was biased long because we had the nice rally up, but now I'm sitting market neutral. Swings, if you have them on, I've got most of them off now just for the simple reason is that all it takes is a Microsoft warning and boom, we get back half the rally just like that. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's a risk. And just keep your eye. I mean, you know, we can't drill down in every single stock and give you every single level, but just, you know, that high from Friday, you know, keep an eye on that. But better yet, whatever your high close for this, the, the was for the week last week, keep an eye on that. And then that, you know, because you don't want to sell too early, right? If we're really going to have this rip roaring rally, but just keep an eye on that. Not so much the lows, but like that closing price, you know, do they want to take it above the close from last week? We're 20 handles away from that in the S&P. We're trying this morning. We get up to 39.88.75, but uh, that 4K uh, looming large uh, today, tomorrow, this week. I mean, I actually have it as a quarterly number and you don't hear me mention quarterly numbers too much. So that's the significance of 4K. 
Our friend yeah, be... on CNBC right now. I'd sell this rally this morning. So just short term, I think there'll be some nervous Nellies going into tomorrow's reports. Yeah, obviously had the big rally up to 4,000 and then the pullback here. So I'm just looking at it like I think this is just a snapback rally. I think mm -hmm. I would be a seller on the S&P from a day trading perspective. I think I'd be fading this move this morning. Yeah, something that I'm going to keep watching to see is if we can fill in the gap, at least for the SPY for me. That's up towards 401.44. So I think we might get a little bit of that kind of bull trap right out the gates today. But who knows? I don't think anybody knows. Let's get into it. Of course, let's talk about those earnings. I think we'll just touch the earnings and we'll get into more of the other macro uh, focus since we're just talking earnings right now. Um, now, as of Friday, 21% of uh, companies have reported earnings. Nearly 70% have beat analyst expectations. Um, that's now, impressive. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really... Is that a sign, though, that the bars, are they lowering it far enough so where they can beat it? Is that what's going on here? If that's what you would think, Dennis? Um, I think so. I think it is a sign. Uh, you know, I think it is a lower bar uh, for sure coming into this earnings season. I mean, we've seen so far some companies come in and they've been fine. I mean, besides Snapchat, which was an epic disaster on Friday and there was no bid to be found. I mean, I still think Snapchat is a little bit just got TikTok. And I think Snapchat's problems, you know, for the most part, isn't a matter that they're just not spending on online advertising. They're just not spending on Snapchat. So I'm <laughs> thinking Snapchat's its own problems. At least that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping Google, which obviously got hit on the Snapchat earnings on Friday. I mean, Google had an ugly day here. Um, we talked about this, you know, the potential for this to happen. And absolutely yeah, that did. Was ugly. Google, Meta, all getting hit hard. I mean, Meta got smoked. And I'm long Google and Meta in the long-term account. Um, I, I just, I, I think the bar is now a little bit lower again for them. So the, the, the question is, you know, can they get over that lower bar? I think for the most part they're going to, but I just hope nobody says anything going forward like cat and guidance from any of the big four. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get out of just uh, overall earnings talk. Let's get into the wheat futures. Uh, now, wheat futures are rising after Ukraine said Saturday that Russian missiles had hit southern Ukrainian port of Odessa. Uh, th this causing concerns, of course, because they just recently signed the deal on Friday uh, for the grains and Russian troops were shelling fields to prevent local farmers from harvesting grain crops. Uh, Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky said that the strikes on Saturdays were acts of barbarism and that now the question is, and I'll throw it to Joel, is this a rip to fade in the wheat futures? What do you see on the future? You know, I just pulled this up and I mean, this has like all, I mean, it's a fundamental thing, right? That, uh, but I'm just looking at the wheat chart here and made a new low of the move. Right on now. Friday, mm -hmm. I mean, you're not even over Friday's high. This is big news. I think there's just a lot of people still stuck in this trade Everyone. from much higher levels. Everyone. Yeah. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not buying it off it. Uh, if I was short, you know, I would, I would, uh, I would reevaluate. But I mean, new low of the move. It seems like you know that that trade is come and gone. In my opinion, I'm, uh -huh. I'm not. Yep, I'm not buying this. Completely agree with you here, Joel. I think this is bag holder central. It's the commodity trade. We trade it all moves together. Everybody was jumping in these things in May, thinking the end of the world, you know, for when gas prices were just going to continue, oil price going to continue to go up, and the war was going to do. And they pulled the rug out from under all of those traders. 
And it's just been straight down ever since. I mean, weed has given it all back. That's the one thing is if you look, <clears throat> we're back to where we were. I mean, there is support in here around this $7, $8. We actually did a technical on it last week when you were gone. And there okay. is some support because this $8 is where it broke out from when the war started. And it's come full circle to come all the way back in. So that's the argument. But the bearish argument that you give, which is stronger in my opinion, is that everybody's stuck in this. It's bag holder central. People are hoping to get their money back. They're hoping for a rally up to $9, $10, giving my money back, and maybe get a little bit of a rally. But I think those rallies are going to be met with sellers. All right, let's continue going. Let's go into our earnings today. Let's get into Phillips here. Uh, PHG uh, coming in, falling short of analyst forecast here. Q2 EPS coming at $0.15, revenue at $4.45 And uh, you could see it definitely got hit in the overnight action um, and then this morning, uh, getting hit definitely on those numbers. Um, the only real notable company here, obviously, to report this morning, I got you got Newmont too, which is a gold stock. But I mean, it's has been a stock that's been in a decline for a long, long time. Topped out, obviously, when everything topped out in February and January of 2021, and it's been straight down ever since. You go from sixty dollars down to twenty. Is there eventually some fundamental, you know, 4.52% dividend? Is there, you know, a technical bottom here coming? We'll throw that to Joel. I mean, $20 yeah. has been huge. So I would say it is bouncing where it should bounce. Remember, it's already trading actively over in Europe. So it's kind of already three quarters or two thirds of the way through its trading day. So it's not like this is all of a sudden going to have huge, you know, a huge change in price here. And when the market opens at 930, because this market, this is, is primary market is over in Europe. You got to balance. You're off the low. They're bringing it in in the, what the 1950 area, 1950 to 20, and so it looks like it, it's showing some support in here as we speak. Let me uh, let me see what the exact pre-market low is. The exact pre-market low a couple times it hit 1974 is the lowest print that I'm seeing. What was the low? Oh, new low of the move. Uh, low was 2021. So, I mean, you can right buy there. it if you want. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, looking at this thing if I bought it here and it, you know, takes 1970. I, I wouldn't be like hanging around to find out what it does. But uh, looks like it's trying to rebound. What was about? Um, and it's already actively traded. It's making so. a new seven-year low here. I mean, seven right year low. on seven-year lows. You've so been in this bull market. Yeah, you've been in this you're raging bull market here that it didn't really participate. I guess it did participate, but it's come all the way back down. I, I challenge, you know, whether, you know, this is the stock to be in. You want to go jump around. There's other better places for your money here. I mean, it was, you know, a, a powerhouse at one time, but I think they've just lost their way. So I, I don't like buying stocks making new seven-year lows. Can't blame you for that one, Dennis. Now, one thing I want to say is, um, and you guys know more than I do in this case, how long has gold been mentioned with inflation? This is a good point. <laughs> for like 50 to probably 100 years at least. And, 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 um, and, and the, the reason I'm talking point. about that, yeah. of course, is because I'm going into Newmont uh, Gold Corp earnings here. And it just doesn't seem like that whole inflation in gold trade, at least in my trading career, has ever really existed. I've only seen gold go up pretty much once, and that was earlier in the year. Um, let's take a look here at NEM, Newmont uh, Gold Corp EPS coming in here at $0.46, cents, missing big estimate on the $0.91 cent 
uh, sales at 3.05 billion down from 3.06 billion year over year. And you guys can see Newmont getting hit. So I'll throw it to you guys. Let's just is do there, general. Is there an inflation play ever with gold? No, no, this is your, it's a great point you're making. This is the overall conversation that needs to be had. If you would have said uh, two years ago, before COVID started, that we were going to go into an inflationary environment where the CPI was going to be print 9.1 when you know the real numbers at 16 or 17 because they BS that number, um, you would say gold and silver are going to be ripping, ripping higher. And here you have gold almost breaking down and making new lows. I mean, this is not good for the gold bucks whatsoever. Silver has been, you know, obviously, 20, you know, it got a little bit of a pop, but it's been straight down too. I mean, these are supposed to be inflation hedges. They are not working whatsoever as inflation hedges. They're going down in deflation. So you're buying silver thinking it's an inflation hedge. Now you're losing, obviously, to, you know, the inflation. Plus, your silver is going down as well. It's been an epic disaster to be long, you know, really silver and gold. Um, at least at least in the last you know six months banking on inflation hasn't worked and really hasn't worked overall i mean as the gold and silver relative to the s p has massively underperformed for a long long time you can look at it over the last few years and say oh yeah well silver was 15 which is 25 it did pretty good but you know you look at where gold was 25 years ago and look where the s p is um Horrible. i just think gold and the precious metals have lost their luster yeah, I mean, this environment, yeah, it worked in the 70s. This was a, a, a big miss uh, for uh, for Newman. And now you're getting into some unknown territory here. Uh, if you thought 50 bucks was going to hold well, you're going to find out today there's nothing. I'll just give you the pre-market lows made a little, little while ago at 49 and a quarter. That's only 50 cents away. I can't even give you anything on the monthlies here. Uh, your next monthly support comes was in April of 2020 when uh, they flushed out the gold, you know, the people had to sell their gold to cover their equities. That was down at 44.78. So bouncing off the pre-market low, uh, the best thing you can hope for this would be, you know, to stop going down over the next couple of days, put a couple of lows into the same area, uh, but technically nothing here to lean on. Uh, a great, great question from the chat. If gold's not the inflation hedge, what is? I'll say it again. The best overall inflation hedge is actually real estate. I mean, I think in the long run, real estate is the thing that really keeps up with inflation. So, and I've said this before too. I mean, if you don't own your house, it's usually best to own your house before you start investing in stocks. Trade is, Trading is a different animal. If you're a trader, you're a trader. That's how I make my living. But I think it's always best to try to like own your house. That is the real inflation hedge. With that being said, we've got to think of what has happened. We've had huge inflation here now. This is not the time to be hedging for inflation. I think we had peak inflation already hit. So I mean, the inflation hedges, which you know were you know commodities and stuff, that's all come off hard now. So that trade is almost behind us. So if we're looking for inflation hedges now. We're late to the party. You know, the Fed, we needed to be looking for inflation hedges six months ago. And it's the unwinding of these inflation hedges, which is knocking down the commodities. Usually commodities will go up with inflation, which they absolutely have. But it's unwinding faster than it really went on, I mean, for a lot of these stocks. And the oil stocks, you know, and, and you can even look at the steel stocks. I mean, these were all inflation hedges three, four or five months ago, Newcore making new highs. And they just pulled the rug out from under all these things, too. And now it's bag holders all over the commodities. So commodities, real estate, typically an inflation hedge. But we're beyond that now. We know inflation is here. It's actually, I believe it's peaking. 
So now you've got to look at what happens now. You know, what are the repercussions? Is the inflation going to stay high? I think so. I don't think we're going to get the inflation down to 2% anytime soon. Are we going to get back down to 4 or 5? It's going to be a tough go too. You know, some of this is sticky. But just coming in and banking that, hey, I'm going to load up in commodities, I think that trade already happened. Uh, good point there. I I think also what eventually you're going to see out of the Fed is they're going to say, oh, you know that two percent target. We're, we're ah, that's a little bit low. We're we're gonna we're gonna settle on three and a half or four. Uh, a little bit more, you know, because there are some uh, some don't positive. Don't tell me that, Joel. Don't yeah. tell me that. I yeah, they're not because they're, they're never going to get it down to two percent. I don't want to hear it. that. They need to hurt this inflation, man. It's, they need to bring it's never even down, but. I don't think and it's all BS. The two percent we've been experiencing all years. We know we have shrinkflation where the product sizes yeah. they've been getting inflating stuff in different ways. And you know, we also know we've heard from Gil Morales, Peter Schiff. You know, if they calculate it the same way they used to calculate inflation, was running a hell of a lot higher, and it was always running a hell of a lot higher. It was never down to two percent. It's a BS number. So you know, we're, we're sitting up here at nine point one. The real number is sixteen or seventeen. You know, I'd retweeted a great article. You know, from you know Peter Schiff and who had passed it along. And I mean, they just changed the way they calculate it to make it look more deflationary. You know, even the way they do, you know, the the rent, you know, where they don't put in actual home prices and, you know, they do a survey on what you think you could rent your apartment from. It's just nonsense. So, I mean, the way they calculate it is so anti-inflation. And then you got a CPI that's ticket 9.1. It shows you it's really ugly out there. You know, the real number is kicking up at 16 or 17. That's what it feels like too. It doesn't feel like 9%. It feels like 16 or 17. I mean, but again, if you're coming in and saying, okay, how do I hedge for inflation? You're so late to the party. Housing prices exploded over the last year, year and a half, you know, and they're still kind of going up, but I think they're going to top tick because I do think that in and obviously in, in Ontario they already have, but you know in the states there's a lot of places where they're still ticking new highs. I think that trade comes off, and that you know not yeah. that the real estate's a trade, but I think that there's got to be some demand destruction that eventually happens there with rates going higher. Eventually that slows down. So I don't want to go buy REITs right now. I don't want to buy real estate right now. The trade already happened. We're late to the party on that one. So I think from a trading perspective. We've had, you know, the overshoot we had. Now we've come back up. I think you sit around, you see what Google, Microsoft says. They can get over their lower bar of Apple, Amazon. We get through this week. We get through yeah, this week no, like Joel was saying. It's a big week. And we, it, it's a huge if. And that's why I hedged my Apple. And that's why, you know, I've went more to a market neutral standpoint on my trading here again. Because it is a huge, it is a very important week. If we do see some demand destruction hitting the majors, it could get ugly. I mean, Snapchat's one thing. But if you had a Microsoft or a Google get tuned up for the tune of 10% or something, not saying it's going to happen, but it's possible to happen, the whole market will go down with it. All right, let's continue going. So you're pretty much telling me, at least in Fort Knox, there is no gold, but we'll get out of that. Let's go to the CME. Uh, Watch tool is expecting now three quarters of a point hike rate on Wednesday. And Thursday, we'll get new GDP report estimated at point. Uh, 0.3 percent um so i'll throw it to you what will the fed do wednesday and do you expect a negative gdp report for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call 
clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I'll leave it to our economist, Dennis. That's that's the million-dollar question. I mean, the Fed is going to go three-quarters or a point. We know that. Um, Do you think a 400 basis points on the table? Yeah, I think it's on the table. I think they could do it. Canada did it. It could do it. I mean, this these arguments, I've said this before, that, you know, let's go to 100 basis points just get this over with. It doesn't just end because you do 100 basis points. <laughs> it isn't like that, Dennis? It's just a, a really weird argument. So it's not just going away. It's not like, oh, go 100 basis points, inflation will be over, and then it'll be at the party again. I don't understand that Kramer argument whatsoever. It doesn't just go away. It's not Fugazi. Like, it's not just going away here anytime soon. So I don't care if you go 200 basis points. It's not going away tomorrow. There's a process for how you just, you know, and obviously we haven't seen this in the 80s, but you just think about logic. You raise rates on, you know, raise rates. So that's supposed to destroy demand. But this is straight instantly. The first thing you do is, okay, well, we got to pay more. We're a little tight on our mortgage payments. Well, we can hit this one, the next one. But, you know, maybe down the road, we're not going to be able to hit them as much. First thing you do is you sell your toys. And we're starting to see that. Like, we're actually ahead of it in Ontario. The toys have been getting sold. The boats, trailers, all that stuff is Look, for sale. How's the boat indicator, those... Dennis? How's the boat indicator? They're all, they're half of them are wrapped. And if you go on, you can buy the boats for half the price. The used boats are half the price they were last year. It's okay. all imploded because the first thing you do when you're getting tighter on cash, you sell your toys. The next thing you do is you rack up your credit card debt. And then, you know, obviously down the road, you're, you're canceling trips. You're going out yeah. for dinner as much. And if you really get in tight, you know, we're talking about the average U.S. citizen where, or Canadian citizen where the rates have gone up on it. You got a variable. When that comes up, you know, then you're going to be looking to refinance at a much higher rate. Or, and, or if your fix comes up, you're going to be looking to refinance a lot higher rate. And then you're all of a sudden going to be tight for cash. And then, you know, you start to see real estate obviously going to get hit as well. So the process for destroying demand isn't just instant. It's not like, let's go 200 basis points and inflation just disappears. That demand destruction takes time. It's probably six months to a year for it to really start to show up where people are really getting pinched. So there you go. That's the, the path. So it's not like magic beans, 200 basis points, inflation's instantly gone. It still takes I needed time. those magic beans. I would love those magic beans. The Fed needs those <laughs> magic beans, but it takes time. So, is it going to show up this earnings season? Going to show up next earnings season? It's going to show up. Eventually, there will be some demand destruction if we keep rates up long enough. They would love the magic beans to get it up, get inflation in check, and then start bringing the rates back down. That's what they want to do. But that's not going to happen. Not very. I think easy. the earnings are more important um is uh is the earnings i mean you know we know what the fed's trying to do we know where the course of inflation i you know i i'd, I'd be putting more at on the earnings like the true fundamentals what are the companies saying how they've navigated also you, you have to look at this from the perspective of like this is we're two years out from the first quarter reporting right after the pandemic right 
I mean, we had, you know, so there's been a lot of adjustments made by companies, a lot of adjustments made in the economy. Uh, so it, it it's, a, you know, like the year to year comparisons, like people were closed for a year. So 2021 was great. Now we're back to normalization. So I don't necessarily have to see any like big monster beats. Uh, but what you say in line and just like, hey, we'll just stick with the guidance. Right. And that that's kind of what that's what I'm looking for. All right. We'll talk about earnings coming on up here. Now, one thing that I would definitely watch is I would love to see how the narrative goes from Wednesday to Thursday to Friday, because I think that's going to be very important. Of course, you got some huge earnings. You'll get the Fed to come in. You'll get the meeting at two thirty. Of course, my man, pal, will be jumping in there. And then after that, of course, we'll start getting into GDP. And I think the rest of the week, will it be uh, nothing but nonstop talk about uh, this is technically recession? Of course, negative GDP coming in there. You'll have a lot of people talking about technical recessions. We'll see what happens there. Let's take a look at the calendar of what earnings are coming on up and what you guys should be watching here. Um, So I'm going to throw up the calendar here so that we can take a look and kind of run through the week outlook here. Of course, uh, wow. after that's uh, just intimidating. <laughs> look at that. That's intimidating. Yeah, this is definitely intimidating. Um, after the close today, you can take a look at maybe like Whirlpool, some Pet Med, Logitech. Um, yeah, the NXPI calm before the storm. The NXPI. There you go. Um, definitely check that out. And then before the open tomorrow, we'll already be in full mode oh here. Uh, UPS, Coca Cola, McDonald's, GE, 3M. UBS, um, so much. And then after the close, you get Microsoft, you get GM, Alphabet, Chipotle, Visa. I'm interested in also seeing in that Visa report. Lately, I saw in the American Express report that credit card volumes have jumped to a record. Um, So I'm going to continue to watch that to tell me about the consumer. And I think it's very important to watch because if the consumer's credit cards just go outrageous, this really starts calling for concerns um uh, at least something that i'm watching uh wednesday before the open you'll get deutsche bank right you'll get credit suisse you'll get boeing boeing's actually been looking pretty interesting with their deliveries that they put out um they did pull back a little bit keep that one on your radar uh there's teva shopify um and then wednesday after the close what do you guys feel about meta will we get a surprise up move or is there just still a lot of headwinds and worries about the business overall? How do you low guys bar from Snapchat? So that's the one good thing about Meta. The bar is very low now, and we saw this happen. It was this last quarter. I feel like I'm having deja vu. Snapchat got hit. I believe it was last yeah, quarter that? as well. Down. They knocked down Meta with it again. They, if you look at the charts, they knocked down Meta, and then Meta, you know, started to rally after that. Obviously, I think that was actually when it went up to over 220. So they had actually knocked Meta way down off of Snapchat once again. And then they turned around and they bought that. So, I mean, we've seen this happen here, obviously, with um, Snapchat here on Friday, knocking Meta significantly down. I'm long Meta. I just bought Meta at the 160 level. Wish I would have sold it at 180, but it's all the way back down. I think the the bar is very low for Meta. The question is, are they going to get over that low bar? I think so, but we're going to get Google and Microsoft before that too. So that's going to dictate more. Like I mean, that Google number is going to dictate more of the meta because online advertising. 
I'm going to stick with my drive-through indicator. Um, and for Mickey D's in these places, I mean, they are still packed. Backed. They are still packed. I mean, look at this thing They're creeping back near uh, old-time highs. So people don't the, cut out McDonald's during they don't the recession. Cut out McDon- no, not it's a all. recession stock. Who still so you want to know recession man. stocks? McDonald's is one of them. People eat more at McDonald's because yes. they can't eat a fancier meal. They're going to eat a cheaper meal. It's not so, healthy, guys. It's not healthy. I'm not saying when, what when I people eat. are broke, they don't care as much about health. They care more about just paying the bills. So no beyond me. All right. So let's There's keep a reason going. McDonald's is sitting right near all time. I mean, relatively speaking, 271 to 254. You're only, you're, you're, you're what is that? You're, you're 8% off all time highs and SP is yeah, 20. Holding up pretty well. Or 20. So it's holding up well. And the reason for that is McDonald's is a recession stock. It yeah. is stock that can continue to perform even during a recession. And the margins are big there. Let's take a look. Um, uh, of course, later uh, that day after the close, you'll get Qualcomm. You'll get Etsy. I think that's one that's interesting to watch. Upwork. Wow. Um, what's going on in Upwork has been definitely a change in that stock. Downwork. Uh, downstop. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah we're it, yeah. Upstart. It's going to be something to watch. Uh, it has some bottoming there on the monthly. What do you see there? Well, Kathy stock, right? I mean, this, and I don't know if this is one of them, but it's it right hers? in the whole group. I don't know, but it fits hmm, in the group of her kind of stock. So it's it bottomed probably the same day Kathy did, May 12th. Yeah. So it bottomed the exact same day. Yeah. I don't this see it in ARKK, in but it might be in. It doesn't matter ones. if she owns it or not. You can just group them. So you just take them. Yeah, this is how I trade. This is the relationships that I talk about. Everything is in groups. Mm-hmm. So I've got the high growth, you know, no money making group. Arc is in there with Upwork would be one of them. Even though Arc may not own Upwork, I don't care if they own Upwork. It's like that. It's in that group. So all those stocks and understanding those relationships is where I'm extracting extracting alpha from on a daily basis. This is what I'm doing. You know, you see deviations from, you know, these groups, you know, and they start to get away. They seem to get sucked back in together. Those stocks tend to trade together. So, you know, you group your airlines, you can group your banks, but you can group these high growth, low income or no income stocks all together as well. And you can either pair trade them, sympathy trade them, however you want to do it. But just understanding that they all move together and people are ignorant to those relationships. And that's the money that I'm trying to extract out on a daily basis. Well, pandemic stock, right? Like everyone was like going to Upwork to get stuff done, right? Wasn't yeah. Well, that too. Yeah, yeah, that's a pandemic. I mean, I'm just looking at this. I mean, just longer term, you know, get through 25 and say hello. But uh, I didn't look at Kathy and look what we got going on in Kathy, Dennis. You know how we talk about her like getting like to the same levels? Look at this. You got it. Kathy's got a triple top in here. Yeah. Look at that. It's yeah, concerning. That. Yeah. Yep. She's had a yep. nice move. I've been on the record saying I think the 2022 low is in. I'm still sticking with that. It's been holding. Yeah, you've been holding. You've been holding. But, but the fun term week. Here, what's that? What's that, man? <laughs> this is going to be the fun week, I think. If oh, you yeah, can't break it down on the downside no on this week. Path. It's not like, okay, yeah. the low is in. Let's go back to new all-time highs. That's not happening. No, that's here, not folks. it. No that's V bottoms. Happening. No V bottoms. There's no V bottom. We've said that's on the show too. There's no V bottom coming. It's not happening this time. This is not a V bottom. This is going to be a long term. Take a look at your charts from 2000, mm-hmm. 2001, 2002. It took the S&P a decade to basically get back from what it lost in 2000. And then we tried it. Well, I guess we got to 2007, 2008. Then we had the financial crisis slam it again. 
But I mean, stocks like Microsoft and even stocks like Amazon, they took a long time to come back. We can talk as much as, you know, the last 10 years, Amazon just been an amazing run as the company has grown and Bezos has grown and grown that. But I mean, there was a, a decade of pain owning, you know, even Amazon. And there was a lot more pain for a lot of these other companies that didn't even make it. So, I mean, this is epic carnage in a lot of these, you know, high growth names. Stocks that go down 80, 90% don't come back next week. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, I bought Upwork at 60, I'll just hold on until it comes back. Upwork could be a $10 stock again. You know, it, yeah. I'm not saying it's going to, but I'm saying this is, you know, it, it, it's not going, I, in my opinion, it's not going back to 60 anytime soon. Did the uh, the complexion of the chart has changed, right? Because look oh, how long you had to, to, to buy ARC on on weakness, right? Just getting your bids just popped, right? Like the whole way down. And now, and now it's turned. I mean, there's not, they're not rushing out to buy this thing like they did in, you know, in 21, in the second half of 21. Just be patient. You know, they're like, okay, well, maybe I missed the bottom. And that's why you're getting these pullbacks and they're, uh, they're, they're, they're shallow. I mean, you're made, uh, you know, you made the bump to 45 and then man, that buy when it came into 40 and that, that, so, I mean, support's moving up, but they're not like, Oh, I got on this thing, you know, at, at 50, 50 and a quarter because it's going to 55, 60. I mean, you know, the, the chart, it's just, it's changed. It's different market structure, but, uh, who do we got lurking in the background there? Is that Sean? You know, trading strategies. Boom. You did the announcement there. I don't want to re-announce him. Let's do it. Bring him on. What's going on, Sean? Yo, yo, yo. How you guys doing? Sean, what's up, buddy? It's early. It's Joel gets to early. talk to you more often than I do. I love talking to Sean. He comes in there. And I know the one thing I love about Sean is he does his homework. There's a lot of traders, you know, that are looking at charts. But you're looking at the whole big picture. And I love that you always make contrarian calls as well. You know, he's one of the biggest contrarian traders out there. And you know what? It hasn't been a bad year for contrarian traders here. How you been doing? Uh, really good since May. Until yeah. May, I couldn't do much. I could, you know. I, I think we talked. I think last time I was on with all you guys. I mean, I literally didn't trade much for about six months. So you you were just saying no V bottom. I, I totally agree. But I, you know, uh, and you might have been. You guys might have been saying this for months too. I've been saying that since November. Yeah. I just like th this thing has the feel of something that just that there was a chance to kind of save the market and it, it wasn't off the March lows earlier. Uh, it was probably j January or something late January, early February, what, whatever that low was there, there was a capitulation low. And, and by the way, I want to talk about capitulation, but anyway, there was a capitulation low. It was like a flash low didn't hold at all. And then that that was the nail in the coffin of where, okay, this is going to be 2016, 2011, 2008. Just the question was what, how severe. Yeah. So here, he, he, you want a contrarian call? I everybody now seems to think we got to go to this lower low. Everybody now, and maybe not everybody, but man, a lot of people say, "What's the stupid thing? Oh, we haven't capitulated yet. We haven't had the final washout." Haven't had the final capitulation. Okay, no insult if you or Joel or Mitch have said that. If you guys have said that, I'm, I'm actually gonna put on the you in that, side. I'm going to put you in that camp, which I don't think you guys have said that, by the way. But I would put you in that camp of saying, that's the dumbest thing ever. We, 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 had, we had a capitulation in January. We had a capitulation in February. 
We okay. had a capitulation in May, March or April. Yeah. We had another capitulation in May. Yeah. Then we had another capitulation in June. Yeah, and we're did. still having them. Snap right now is a capitulation. Like this, yeah. this is one of the dumbest Such things I've ever seen term. in my life. So okay. how do you de- how do you define that term then, Sean? Just so that we understand how you define it. Well, I mean, some things are just pretty obvious, but I mean, we, you've had sentiment capitulations. This, the one interesting thing, sentiment has not been a very good gauge of, bo- of a bottom. You, you had to really wait on this one, but there was lots of sentiment capitulation. In low, C- CNN money even has a really good tool, their bull bear tool or their fear greed tool. I think it's their fear greed tool. Yeah, that that thing hit close to zero yeah. months and months ago, and it's yeah. hit close to zero a bunch of times. You you can use nicey, nasty, namo, blah 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 blah. Anyway, there's been ton, there's been tons of signs of capitulation, yeah. but in 2008 we did the same thing. There was a capitulation around Bear Stearns, and then there was a capitulation. That that's by the way for people. Bear Stearns was bought for like four bucks a share about six months before the market bottomed in 08. And then there was ultimately a couple bottoms in 08 for full-blown capitulations. And then we kind of had to have one last capitulation, which didn't really hit March every 2009. Stock, March 2009 was the 666 mark of the beast bottom for the S&P. Yeah. Interestingly, a lot of tech stocks were probably up 50, 60. Some of them might have been 80% higher by then. So yeah. any, anyway, not, not everything capitulates at the same time. And anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I keep hearing that on CNBC and I'm just like, you know, remember the gong show where, where, where people used to have this long hook thing <laughs> they would, they yeah. would hook people and pull them off the stage. Yeah. Like, Chuck like this. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't remember the dude's name, but yeah. Uh, in mean Gene, the dancing <laughs> machine. Pull them out. But, but, but we could. do. I we couldn't like agree more, Sean. You are like okay, talking so you agree my with book. That? I completely agree with you on this. It's like even like they're looking for capitulation. There's been so much capitulation. I mean, even ARKK. I mean, back in May, we Multiple. went from $52 to $35 in five trading sessions. I mean, ARK yeah. lost 35% of its value in five days. What do you want yeah. for capitulation? I mean, that was capi- – and that bottom has not been breached. I mean, no. yeah, she's buying some crazy stocks, but I, I mean, still, like, it, that that feels like a capitulatory move. I mean, I watched that's Square right. go from $100 to 65 bucks in a week. I mean, these yeah. were serious sell-offs here. So to your point, yeah. there has definitely been capitulation on some individual stocks. Uh, I, what about I, I Baba? Baba, <laughs> you know, I don't know. The Chinese, the Chinese names, I've, you know, the, the longer you do this, some some things you do more, some things you do less. I, I haven't done biotech stocks in a long time. Every crash, they behave the same. Every crash, they're the worst sector. Every crash, they're the last to bounce. Not sure I'm going to trade biotech again. I, I usually say that, and then I, f- I find one or two here and there. But basically, I kind of ignore the group. I don't know. Ch- Chinese names, that's that's another one. That's like everybody likes, like, okay, uh, what's a name I don't really even like? Okay, Docu. I, Docu, I, I haven't bought Docu since December of 2018 at 40, 40 bucks, 40, 42. Um, I, would, I would buy Docu over pretty much any Chinese tech right now. 
Huh. And it, it wouldn't even be a, a, to- a stock I'd put in like my top 20. I'm not even sure I'd put in my top 20 software names right now. But but I do think it's a very durable name. Uh, I think it's high quality. I liked it before. I don't know if I was the top 20, but I, but I liked it before. I, that's another one. I just think people are, are com- like, like have lost their minds on, on some of this stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Baba, uh, you know, do, do what you want in Chinese tech. The that's- Chinese are stimulating... The problem is all it takes is one story about a delisting and you're down 30% in three days. Yeah, exactly. too much headline risk, like in political risk there. So Easier what still play. looks good to you? What looks good? I mean, we've kind of, well, two things here. What still looks good to you? And, you know, we talk about turns. And, Sean, I do that. You know, we, we have these conversations. And this is a really important week for the market. I mean, we, we've come up, we've had a nice retracement, we have big economic data, we got big earnings. I mean, you know, it's tempting, you know, to come, if we come off the low, the ring, the, the register, you know, what, what's your, what's your spiny sense, Tanya, you know, about what, what needs to take pl- place this week? And then are there any things that, you know, have moved off the bottom, but, uh, you know, you're still uh, comfortable dipping your toe in the water? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm 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 probably more tactical than I usually am. Uh, I, I get lots of questions. Hey, what do you? What's your favorite thing for two years, three years, five years? It's like you don't really need to worry about the five years if if in three weeks you can get a thirty or fifty or seventy percent move sometimes. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of playing things a little a little shorter term. But you know, in fact, my my big call last week was we we were probably going to have about a five hundred point plus Nasdaq drop again. I think I started saying that mid to late Wednesday. Uh, most of what I did since then is raise trailing stops. Okay. Some of them actually got hit on Friday, but I, I, I think, I think you can look, let, let, let's just talk about snap. Okay. So if you guys pull up a chart of Netflix, yeah. what did Netflix do? Guess what? Multiple capitulations. Okay. Now that was a true classic kind of bubble. And in the whole, that whole Netflix, again, Fang, Fang man, what, whatever, whatever moniker you want to use. The whole group was in a bubble, except probably not Google, but but basically the whole group was a bubble. So it's still you could still make a case that some of these names maybe are, but Netflix had just a full nasty drop, like it was a capitulatory drop, and then it did it again. So yeah. it did it two quarters in a row. Pull up Snapchart. Snap's chart looks the same now. You you got a huge sell-off last quarter. Honestly, I didn't really think the news was that. Just like Netflix the quarter ago, it's like, okay, there was nothing really unexpected there. So, so, and this is another one. I, I've never said Snap is like one of, in fact, I, I, for a long time, Joel and I, we, he'll remember this. I said Twitter long Snap short off from, from, from day one of Snap's IPO. And I basically didn't change that view until Snap went under, I think it went under eight, uh, like in 2017 or 18 or something like that. But look at Snap. Snap's basically going to follow the same pattern as Netflix now. So, so you think you, you buy, buy the dip on Snap? Oh yeah. Now, does that mean it doesn't? Does that mean it doesn't go to eight? I, I have no idea. It, it could go to eight. It could go to six eighty. I'd kind of be surprised if it went much below eight fifty. To be honest, this 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 could be set up to be the, today's day two. This could set up to be kind of a pretty classic three day, three day rule too. It wouldn't surprise me. But so, so Joel, remember our case years ago about Twitter and Twitter is never going to be sold for fire sale price. And that, I mean, that, I'm quite, kind of quoting myself, but you agreed on all that. Yeah. And you yeah. and I had a brilliant idea to possibly take out Twitter. 
So Musk basically copied us like, like <laughs> six, seven years later. So, so the, the, the funny thing about Snap, though, I will say, I think Snap has much more M&A potential than Twitter. Snap has the eyeballs. They're still growing MAUs. And they say they don't monetize. Hey, they've monetized. Plen- this, this is a stock that did $700 million in revenue a few years ago. It's going to do $5 billion this year. Uh, it seems like they can monetize the user base fine. It, it, so, so this is one, though, like I think you can trade, literally put this on a five-minute chart and trade it short-term if you want. If you, if you know how to trade short-term, trade, trade stuff short-term, do, do your techniques. But this, this is just crazy. But I, I really like Netflix. I almost bought Netflix. Like there was about a two-week period where I almost bought some every day. And here's why I didn't buy any. It's like, okay, I know it's going to go up. But there's also 200 stocks that are going to go up, and 100 of those 200 are going to go up three times faster than Netflix. So you don't need to wait. You don't need to buy every name. You don't need to trade every name. But yeah, something like Snap. I, I would almost say just watch for stuff like Snap, Netflix. Watch for stuff that had kind of bad news a quarter or two ago. And if if they if they whack it huge this quarter, I mean, you're, there's probably going to be 50 or 60 great trading opportunities the next two quarters. So I would say this is a time don't get hung up on any individual name right now. What are your and thoughts? And be open. Be open to a name. If you didn't like something before 80 and it's 8 today, maybe you should like the name now. What you know thoughts? what I mean? What are your thoughts going into this earnings season? I mean, we're going to get into right in all the heat, all the big tech darlings reporting. Google, Microsoft, Tuesday, Meta, Wednesday, Shopify, Qualcomm, Thursday, Apple, Amazon, Intel, Roku. I mean, this is the meat. The, the, the meat and potatoes of the earnings season, at least from a tech investor's perspective, and you're a tech stock analyst. What are you thinking about, you know, the big guns coming into this quarter? You know, I, I actually bet that Snap is sort of an unusual thing. So I coming in this quarter, again, the, the kind of the, the chatter out there, the consensus chatter was everybody's going to miss, everybody, everybody's going to guide lower, blah, blah, blah. Earnings for the most part have been okay. You know, U.S. companies always. What, what's funny is that the volatility around stock prices is, is extreme. The, the 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 truth is the the resiliency of businesses is pretty consistent. You could even go back and look at two thousand eight. There were lots of companies that kept growing all the way through two thousand eight. So uh, the, their growth rate may have declined, but the companies kept growing. So I think this is going to be kind of the same. And this we're, we're, we're in nothing like a 2008. Stocks may be kind of pricing in something like a 2000, a version of 2008. And this is nothing like 2008. So that's your opportunity set. So I would say, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be buying a lot of stuff pre-print, by the way. That, that's, that, that's, 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 a tough, that's a tough game in any, in any market. But this, this quarter could be real bad. But just the general... The thirty thousand foot view is I don't I don't think there's going to be a lot of earnings disasters actually I don't you're not going to see very many companies guiding up because why guide up so even if you could guide up you shouldn't guide up just store it save save it in the bank and let just have a bigger beat the next two quarters but I think you're going to have a, a lot of companies basically beat in line and basically guide okay. And then your rare exception will probably be things like Snap that misses for the second or third quarter in a row or something. So Apple, I mean, Apple's a funny one. Everybody's talking about things and it's another stock. Don't really like it anymore. It used to be my favorite stock, largest position, blah, blah, blah. 
I, I bet Apple reports okay. Here's the thing, though. This is the last quarter before the brand new iPhone. There's a new iPhone refresh. So all the weakness that AT&T's talked about and Verizon's talked about could simply be the Apple cycle, the iPhone cycle. Because the single worst quarter Apple has every two years is the quarter before the iPhone refresh. So there's a new iPhone coming in September. Lots of people are probably have had the old phone now for 18 to 24 months. They're going to upgrade to the new phone. So, so I don't think there's a big that I don't think that stock will move a whole lot, and I I kind of don't think fa- does Facebook report this week. Pretty sure they do. Matt, I, I haven't done my whole earnings spreadsheet for the week yet, but I'm pretty sure they do. I bet they don't report anything like Snap. I wouldn't be surprised. And in, in fact, I made a good call. Joel and I uh, on our own deal, pretty much before last quarter. I said I thought I thought Facebook reports fine. I think the stock works fine, and it had a pretty good balance. I'm not sure it held at all, but. But Facebook reported okay last quarter. It wasn't really a beat, but it was better than worse feared. I, I think Facebook could report fine. I you never know. Maybe Facebook surprises to the upside. I would I would be surprised if they have disastrously bad bad quarter personally. So so I kind of think that's it. I I don't think Qualcomm is going to have a big. By the way, what's what's probably one of the strongest re- reporting groups have been semis. Interestingly enough. Definitely and everybody have. thought semis was going to be a huge disaster and blah, blah, blah. The semi low was basically Micron's report. And we haven't oh, even come yeah. close to that low since Micron reported. We'll see if we get towards those lows. Now let's get a little bit out of the earnings. One that I've heard you mention that I'm starting to take a look at, of course, the NFL football preseason starting August 4th. How is the DraftKings and maybe Penn? Do you like any of these? I like them long term. The one, the one thing about a DraftKings, this would be one I would say. It, here again, even if they could guide higher, I would urge them not to. I would urge them to say that numbers are terrible. Again, they had, companies can only stretch things so far. They kind of they can't make up numbers as we know. But yeah, they can. W- We'll, we'll, we'll find, well, we can, well, not, in not, China, the, not in this country. In no, they, <laughs> let, let's not even go there. Cause they can't, if, 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 if you manufacture revenue numbers, there's whole lots of, lots of stuff. So, so the, the company earnings reports are still the most reliable data source, I believe. So I'll, I'll stick to that. Okay. Um, but, but I think DraftKings were, you know, there's an old, if you know Vegas and you know, casino. So we're, we're talking my way back machine here. Whales can carry these places. Well, we're going to find out, I think, over the next two quarters, how much do whales carry online, the online guys? Because if it's true that whales affect online like whales affect the big casinos, then maybe DraftKings end up, ends up being quite a bit more, and maybe Penn too. Maybe it ends up being more resilient than people think. This is one stock, though, I, I would say wouldn't be surprised if they guide lower because everybody's been beaten up. Like people that used to have discretionary income don't. Guys that put 20 grand into an account and thought trading was easy have lost probably most of that money. Uh, I don't think the job market's nearly as strong as the Fed says it is. So I, th- I think, again, I was, I was talking about recession stuff back in December, January. Now it looks like we're going to print two quarters of negative GDP in a row, which officially is a recession. But let, let, I would say let's see how DraftKings is. If, if they don't miss and they don't guide lower, then man, that's one resilient platform. And it, it is an oligopoly. I think this is a stock with tremendous upside long-term because DraftKings and FanDuel basically, as far as I'm concerned, own the global online gambling space. And I don't think that's going to change over time. 
Boom. Any more, Joel and Dennis? I dropped into gambling. That's what I was really watching. Uh, I played it last season into preseason. It was a pretty nice play. So we'll see if some seasonality comes into there. As you're hearing, I'm sure you're going to hear NFL, NFL's coming. NFL's yeah. coming. Here, that's here's what, what that's I want. the driver. That's the driver. That I'd I'm actually love at. a big puke on DraftKings. I would. Like, yeah, one last puke. Can we yes. get it before the There's season? There's been a lot of puking on DraftKings. <laughs> <Hey, laughs> so People are out of money. But you get to a point, you, you've already yeah. had eight pukes. You want the ninth one? It doesn't happen, right? So oh. you, you got to keep that in mind. Anyway, oh, uh, stocks like bottomed on May 12th. I mean, so many of yep. these high growth, no earnings stocks all bottomed on the exact same Dude, day. That, that was my, that call. Day. my call. My call, Dennis, is the May low. So I, I any low so since then is just sort of a retest. But that was basically my call. That was I, I said, yep. May the May the May low is the low for me, just yeah. just like the 08 low to to me was the real low in that cycle, but by by May or by March of two thousand nine there were so many stocks up a lot that I it didn't really matter to me that the S and P had one final like leg lower or whatever. Yeah. All right, let's All right. go ahead. Let's All right, guys, we good. Up. Thank you, yeah, like thanks, always, Sean. Sean. We'll definitely hey, have you as back always. on. And catch Sean sometimes on pre-market prep plus. He's on right, there guys, often with Joel. Thank you for coming on, Sean. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a look. We wanted to wrap up the earnings for the week. I know we got until uh, we got to Meta there. So let's take a look at Thursday. Thursday, you'll get, of course, before the open, you'll get Pfizer, Merrick. Um, I think those are definitely one to watch. Honeywell is a report that I'm going to be interested in watching. What We haven't taken a look at that chart in a long time. What do you guys feel about Honeywell? Um, it's cyclical to a certain extent. I mean, it's a stock that's obviously a lower beta issue. Doesn't get, you know, the beats as much as other stuff. Profitable Mm -hmm. 2.15% dividend. So slight dividend protection. We've come off the lows. We bottomed interesting enough way back. If we go to 2020, um, where we had on, on Honeywell, if you're just going back and looking at the charts there, 170 was a big technical breakout level for, and we came all the way back and retest that and held. Um, the one problem is, you know, you got the wave down, now you kind of coming up here. I mean, you're buying it now, just rallied from $167, rallied 15 points in six days, heading into a report. So I'm, I'm not like to, to Sean's point, it's tough to be buying number, num, uh, buying stocks into the print here. Uh, you still got, I mean, it's a 193 share print, so we'll we'll ignore that. Closed week, and now you're right back at yesterday's high. I, I mean, at least with that with that 190 uh, share print, uh, 182.89, and then you got these three highs in this area too, 182 and a half. So holds there, yeah. Maybe we got some, uh, you know, more real estate head up to over 185. But let's see what happens at Friday's high. See if it can hold that and uh, and continue on. I haven't spoke about Honeywell whew, in a long time. But I mean, uh, the immediate company people asking who's driving the car tonight. It'll be NXPI. So uh-huh. you can look at all the earnings, but you know, there's nothing really on the radar here except NXPI for tonight. So it's kind of the calm before this, the earnings storm coming in. Mm-hmm. But NXPI, it's is obviously one of your chips. It's had a significant rally. One, look at this move in NXPI, Joel. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12. In 13 days, we just went to the lows. We tried to V-bottom. We just said there's no V-bottoms. NXPI actually tried to V-bottom this entire June sell-off back. So if they 
beat it, I guess, you know, maybe it could throw the whole thing. But now expectations all of a sudden for some of these chips has come higher here. I think Micron helped that cause too, because Micron obviously got it down and they bought it. So that was kind of the green light to come into some of these chips. And XPI has just had a significant rally going into the print here. We'll see what happens tonight. Please keep an eye, uh, if you're playing this at all, please keep an eye on 180. You got a big seller up there at the point, 180, 14, 180, 80. That fills a gap all the way back from uh, June 10th. So, you know, if it if it blasts above there, then come be careful. That that That's a big level. Uh, two highs in the same area, we close on Friday. So I don't even know if we're going to get back up to that area today, but we'll see what happens uh, after hours in NX. PI. All right. Uh, before we get on out of here, we got about two minutes to 9 a.m. Let's take a look at that Amazon getting some Barron's love. Uh, let's take a look at that. Uh, they got on the cover here. Uh, Joel, you, you might know a little bit more about this. So what do you think? Uh, just uh, the cloud, you know, that they're talking about their cloud business. And, mm. uh, you know, they said poised to double. And uh, that's a that's a pretty big call. I mean, you came back into not not quite uh, the pandemic lows, but you put, a, you know, a solid base in there trading up on 400,000 shares. Uh, I think you got room on the ups. Well, first of all, um, you got to get to Friday's high and stay above Friday's high. That's still two bucks away. Uh, if not, I'll be looking for a little bit of a fade in this one. Uh, but really, what you know, one thirty. That's when it gapped down from earnings and kept on going down. So that's you know, that's uh, your big level on the upside, and then. On your downside parallel today, if you see this in the lower 121 handle, uh, you got a pair of lows, 21 and a quarter, 21.26 and 21.35. So that's a look at the upside and downside in Amazon. Something definitely to keep on your radar. We'll see how that performs. I know Shop was getting some lift. Amazon was getting some lift. We'll see how these stocks perform going into the bell. Last uh, news that I wanted to mention was uh, the Uber uh Ride hailing company admitted to not reporting a 2016 data breach that affected 57 million drivers and passengers as a part of a settlement agreement to avoid criminal prosecution. So I'll see, let you guys cover that one. I'm going to hop. I got to get we'll my, see what uh, happens there. Get my, I'll let you guys cover that one. Uh, yeah. Really not moving off that. And uh, I'll check in with you later. Triple D. Yeah, it's trading down just slightly. I mean, overall market's trading higher, so there's a little bit of selling pressure on in this one. It reversed on Friday. I mean, Uber had your key reversal there, made mm-hmm. new high, and then turned around, made new low on from the previous day. So um, I think I'd be a seller of rallies into Uber here, um, at least from a short-term trading perspective. And again, this market just trading very technical here, gets up near the 25 and fails where you'd think it'd fail. So you're in a channel here, 20 to 25, guilty until proven innocent. We'll see what happens there. I'll let you get on out of here. I'll be watching to see if we can get back into the 400 handle. I'm sure Dennis will be watching the same. We'll see what happens there. Have a good one, Dennis. See you guys. All right, I'm going to start wrapping on up. We'll see what happens there in the SPY. Up next, you guys will get to some live trading action. And then later in the day, of course, we'll get to Benzinga Live with AB, followed up by Stock Market Movers, my show where I talk to, of course, two experts every single day. So if you guys haven't caught Stock Market Movers, I would definitely tell you guys to check it on out. Very similar show to kind of how pre-market prep run is. You guys know pre-market prep is where we bring the catalysts in the pre-market that are moving the markets. And I go ahead and bring in the catalysts in the intraday markets 
right in the middle of the day. So if you guys want to join me, that's at 1 p.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. And then, of course, after that, we'll get into some moon or bust crypto action, followed by Joel Alconin on at the close. I'll see you guys there. Hit the thumbs on up before you get on out of here. If you guys appreciate every single thing that we do for retail traders out in the morning and during the day. Let's go ahead. Let's dive into it. Let's get into some trading actions. Time to make some money with none other than Lloyd Ryan and Zunaid. I'll go ahead and jump on in there. You guys come join us. Let's do some live trading. I did pretty damn good last week. Let's go ahead. Let's keep the motions going here. Let's keep on going. It's time to ride that up wave. You know, I'm not talking about the market over at. We're talking about the equity wave. Let's go ahead. Let's get after it in live trading. I'll see you guys right there. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.